Hi, this is David Flowers, Senior Pastor at Grantham Church, an intergenerational convergent third-way congregation with the Brethren in Christ U.S. and located in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast and for following the sermons that I and many others preach at Grantham. This is a free podcast and it'll always be that way, but if you'd like to give and help further the work we're doing for the kingdom, we'd greatly appreciate it. If you want to do that, you can do that by going to GranthamChurch.org and clicking on the Giving tab. Whether you're a member of our church or you're listening as a parishioner, it's our greatest desire that you would encounter Jesus and be changed by the good news wherever you are. Anyway, God bless you, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Well, as you know, today is the start of our fall 2020 ministries, and next Sunday, as I've already said, is, is Mission Sunday. hope that you will tune in for that. And then the following Sunday, the sep- September 27th, uh, we will begin our fall sermon series Stay tuned for more information about that. Uh, Today, being that it is the start of our fall ministries, and uh, we are inviting you to join with us and engage at Grantham Church, even though we are physically distanced, even though we are still in this pandemic and not meeting in our building, we are being active as a church, and we want you to be active with us. And so I want you to maybe think of the message today as a call to action, is I want to address everything that's going on around us and how Christ is calling us to respond together as a church. I've entitled this message, Stay Calm, Stay Connected, and Stay the Course. I'll be looking at various passages of Scripture this morning uh, from Philippians, Hebrews, Jude, and as you've already heard, Art Burt read from Luke chapter 9. So have your Bibles ready, and uh, we'll dive in together. Would you say just a brief prayer with me? Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we want to open up our hearts to you right now. And we, we say to you, Lord, that our ears are open. Our hearts are ready to be searched And God, for you to speak into us what you want us to know, what you want us to experience, and how you want us to live. Thank you, Lord, for promising to be with us, even as we gather and worship together in our homes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We are living in tumultuous times. I don't need to tell you that. You know that. But let's just think for a moment of all the kinds of things that have happened just this year in 2020. We began this year with challenges in our own church. And then in March, the the pandemic brought on a nationwide shutdown, impacting the social, mental, and spiritual health of millions. And many are hurting financially. Some will never recover, some businesses and so forth. And this has certainly changed what some of our own households, uh, I know in our house, what we were planning to do for the year financially. So in every way, we have been affected. We've seen more and more stories of police brutality, of racism, going back, I'm thinking, earlier this year to George Floyd. Uh, we, we've seen protests and riots, and we're in an election year. Uh, political polarization is at an all-time high. And as a result, the 
pandemic has been politicized, mask wearing has been politicized, and we don't know who to believe about the information that we're being given. And of course, uh, our schools are now being reopened with much uncertainty and, and anxiety as administrators and teachers and parents and students are all anxious and trying to learn new patterns and rhythms in, in meeting some of the ways that they're meeting, some in person, some online. Uh, we're, we're aching as a church to return to face-to-face -face worship. Uh, your staff and board are wondering when will we have an FDA-approved drug or vaccine that will allow us to return to normal. And I admit I'm a little skeptical of any kind of drug that would come up out before the election, if I'm honest. Uh, but uh, this, is, this is where we're at, right? And to top all of that off, maybe you've heard this, uh, I'm hearing projections that there'll be a mass exodus of pastors and leaders when all of this is said and done. As leaders today, especially leaders within the church, are being expected uh, to, to be experts in, in the scripture and in leadership and in COVID-19 and politics and you name it. It's just too much for a lot of people. So, but no worries, we're, we're uh, working hard uh, as, as a staff to, to cope well, to manage the stress well, and to continue to lead and to navigate wisely during these times because we want to be around when it's all said and done. So what do we do? What do we do and how should we respond to all of this? Well, as I said in the title, I want to give you three things to think about. That is to stay calm, stay connected, and to stay the course. Let's unpack each one of those just a bit. The first one, stay calm. The passage of scripture that I've been thinking about a lot recently, and now, you know, I referred to this way back, I think it was in March or April, uh, when we went into shutdown. And that is this story where Jesus is asleep in the boat with his disciples, right? The storm comes, and they are afraid. They think that they're going to die, you know? And how is it that Jesus their rabbi, their teacher, their master, their Lord is asleep. Does he not care? What's he doing when they're panicking and, and trying to save their lives? As you know how that story goes, if you're looking at Matthew chapter 8, Matthew's version of this story, uh, Jesus is awakened and tells them, you of little faith, Right? Why are you so afraid? And it says that Jesus stands up and he rebukes the storm. Now the word there in Greek is the same word that is used when Jesus casts out demons. This wasn't just a physical problem. This was a spiritual problem. At least the gospel writer wants us to understand that. That behind the scenes of the physical storm... There are spiritual things going on. Jesus sees it, and he rebukes it as such. Think about this, folks. If we're to stay calm, the way to do it, the, the way to navigate the storm, to be present in the storm, is to remember that the Lord of creation is in our boat. 
He walks with us. He said he would never leave us nor forsake us. We need to not focus our eyes on the the waves and the winds, but we need to look to Jesus and have faith, as Jesus said. And I also think of what Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. He said, do not be anxious about anything. Anything, Paul said. But in every situation, every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. This is how we stay calm. We remember that Christ is in our boat. We remember that we can cast our cares upon Jesus, as James will say. Also, remember, we're to be practicing soul care. We're to be living out the Christian religion through regular prayer and scripture reading and and other formative practices at home and then as we're able to gather online or in small groups, even in person. This is how we can stay calm as well. Uh, we can go outside while the weather is still nice. We, we can and should eat well because that affects us physically, which affects us spiritually. We need to get some exercise. Uh, you can come to gather on the grass now every Sunday night, weather permitting. All of these things and more I'm sure that you can think of are ways that we remain calm in our bodies and in our souls. The second thing is to stay connected. Let's unpack that one just a bit. Stay connected. Now look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 through 25. Look at what the author of Hebrews says. It's so important. It's so important for the church. It's so important for how we have been created as human beings. If if we are what we love, as James K. Smith says, if we are uh, what we consume then we really need to think about what we're consuming and what we're loving and what patterns and habits that we are forming during this time. Listen to Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Let us hold unswervingly, he said. Right? Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day of the Lord approaching. That is when Christ returns. Our sights are set on that. We, We know our hope is in the resurrected Jesus who will one day come and restore, renew all things. But in the meantime, we are about his business. We are about the coming kingdom. We are about being shaped as kingdom people. And the only way to do that is to be present together with the church. Now, even if that isn't physically in this space, that, that there's lots of ways that's possible, right? Through Zoom, through, through small groups in your backyard, in places where you can gather safely. We are still a church. We are still active and engaged, as I said. And so I think this verse still applies to us. We dare not stop meeting together, right? As I said before, 168 hours in a week. If you only give an hour, maybe two if we're generous, because today they say faithful church attendance is like a couple times a month now where people come to church. that, That alone, brothers and sisters, is not enough to shape us. 
We cannot proclaim the gospel, profess Christ, and worship Jesus on Sundays for an hour or two at the most, and then live functionally as atheists the rest of the week, not gathering with Christians, not communicating our faith and, and encouraging one another, and think that we have any chance of withstanding the storm and coming out stronger disciples. As I've said, we're not closed as a church. We're just doing church differently. And listen to me. I think we have an opportunity right now to discover the power of personal spaces. We have an opportunity from the very beginning of this shutdown and the, when the pandemic started. I said, folks, I know that this is upsetting, but, but look, often this is how God works. He wants to use our situation, our circumstances. He wants to use our trials and tribulations to get our attention, to do things under these conditions that he cannot seem to do in any other time. Sometimes it's because we're so busy. Sometimes it's because we're so distracted. Whatever the reason, God can use our pain. As C.S. Lewis said, he, he, he he whispers to us in our joys and the good moments of life, but he shouts to us in our pain. And maybe you've sensed that God is shouting to you. I want us to listen. As I was saying, we have an opportunity right now to discover the power of personal spaces. Don't think because we all can't gather in the sanctuary. We're not doing church. Folks, that's not church. I and mean, it's a part of church, but that's not all of church. And you, you think about it, Jesus spent a lot of his time in personal spaces with his disciples, uh, with, with others that he was raising up and training and sharing life with. We have opportunity to do that. I want, if I can confess, I want to see more of you join a small group where you're not plugged in and you're not meeting at least twice a month, then, then it's safe to say that you're not cultivating those spaces. You're not cultivating your faith, which here at Grantham, we want this, these small groups to be the primary vehicle for discipleship, where we hold each other accountable, where, where we share our struggles and our journey with one another, where we grow in our faith in this way, where we're, we can actually be vulnerable with each other. It is so important, and this is an opportunity to show that we value this kind of thing, and for some of us to discover the power of that for the very first time. Let's not allow, also, keep this in mind, for the pandemic or for partisan politics to divide us or make us apathetic, right? Let's not do that. Listen to what Jude said in verses 17 through 21. He said, Dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, In the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and their, their feelings, and do not have the Spirit of God. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith, Jude says, and praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Listen to what Jude is saying. Don't let people divide you. Don't let the world distract you from what you're called to do and who you're called to be as disciples of Jesus. The third thing is stay the course. Stay calm, 
stay connected, and stay the course. You see, if we're going to stay the course as disciples, we must choose the cross over comfort. I mean, it takes some intentionality and sometimes bearing down and, and developing a little bit of grit to press through what we are experiencing right now. But I believe that God has given us the power to do just that. And he wants to remind Grantham Church, and he wants to remind the church in America, that there is a cost to following Jesus. Listen to what Jesus says in Luke chapter 9, verse 57 through 62. Luke tells us, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Now, how many of us have said that to Jesus, or we would want to be able to say that to Jesus? I'll go anywhere with you, Lord. And Jesus replied, he said, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Listen to what Jesus is saying there in verse 58. Jesus is always on the move. Jesus is always on the move. Being a disciple means you should expect to be inconvenienced. You should expect it. You should expect to be made to feel uncomfortable. You should expect to be tested. And I also hear Jesus saying, if you want to be a disciple of Christ, you have to be flexible. You have to be mobile, willing to move, willing to change. He goes on in verse 59. He, Luke tells us, he said to another man, follow me. But this person replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Wow, this seems brash. It even seems a little cold. What, what is Jesus saying? First, however you read this passage, it is hard. It is a difficult thing that Jesus is saying. Now, some scholars think that Jesus is saying, hey, look, let the spiritually dead, those who aren't born again, bury the dead. Right? They, people in the world live by different priorities and, and have a sense of urgency about their own priorities. But your priority should be the kingdom of God. It also seems like this man, uh, his father had not yet died, but at some point would die. Maybe, you know, a week, maybe a month. I don't know, maybe a year. We don't know. But if he had already been dead, this guy wouldn't even be here talking with Jesus. So listen to what he's saying. Uh, when this happens, then I'll follow you. This sort of procrastination. The time really isn't right. It's not really a good time to start getting serious about following you just yet. And so Jesus wants to say to us, look, this is, this is not the way it works. The kingdom of God and the calling of Jesus takes priority over all other plans all other desires and commitments and allegiances. It also says that following Jesus is more urgent, as I was saying, than anything else. Anything else. Are you waiting on something before you will act and respond to Christ's call? I, I'm sure that some people, even in our church, are thinking, 
you know what, I'm going to wait till all this is over and the church is gathering again on Sunday morning in the sanctuary, and then, you know, I'll do this and that or the other. Then, then I'll just start doing the church thing again. Folks, I want you to think about what that says about your faith. I want, to, I want you to think about what, it, and I, lovingly, as a pastor, I say, think about what that says about your relationship with Jesus. So your concept at church, your concept of church is skewed, if that's, if that's the attitude that you have. And, and following Jesus is not really a priority in your life. I hope that we won't say that. I hope that that is not our, our attitude. You know, it could be that this is one of the things that God is going to do during this time for all of the church in America is really uh, help us to see who's serious about following Jesus and who is just a nominal Christian who's just going through the motions. Jesus goes on in verse 61. Luke tells us, still another one said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. What can be wrong with that, you know? But Jesus again replies in verse 62, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Now, in the, in the ancient world, and still in some places today, they use these, these wooden and, and metal plows to plow the ground. And they both had two handles, you know, and they would, they would use this plow to plow those straight rows so they could plant their crops. And like Jesus, to use agrarian examples and analogies, He's using one here that says, everybody knows that if you're going to plow a row, both hands have to be on the plow, and you have to be looking straight ahead. If you take a hand off the plow, or if you look back to see how you're doing in the middle of the plowing, you're going to mess things up. You're going to plow crooked rows. Jesus said, this kind of person, like that kind of farmer, is not fit for service in the kingdom of God. In other words, you can't faithfully follow Jesus unless there is a singular focus. Listen to that, an undivided heart. You can't have just one foot in or one hand on. You have to have both. You have to be fully and totally committed to pursue Christ and his kingdom. There can be no looking back. If we want to be healthy and whole, fully fashioned and formed disciples of Jesus, built into the kind of church he's called us to be, and disciples that he, he calls us to be, then we have to do these things. We have to press on through our trials and tribulations, letting God use them to remove the things out of our lives that don't reflect Christ. This is the opportunity to do that. Maybe it's also, as I've said before, an opportunity to deepen your understanding of the church, that it's more than gathering in the public space. It's also about intimate and personal spaces. And now we have a prime opportunity, right? A, 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 a real chance to learn something that we might not have learned any other way. Think about all of that. Staying calm, staying connected, and staying the course. Here's my invitation for us this morning. I believe, church, that God wants to use the events of this year to grow you. 
Think about that. What might God be wanting to do in your life? What's God been speaking to you about? Maybe the Spirit was speaking to you through our Acts series. Maybe God's been speaking to you through our, our, our meditations in James on Sunday night at our outdoor service. Maybe God's been speaking to you through other things. Maybe it's not even through the church because you've not been plugging in until now. I don't know. But what is, what is it that, that you think God wants to teach you? And let me ask you this. How are you going to be intentional about that this fall with Grantham Church? If we're not intentional in developing our faith and growing with the church, then we will just go with the flow of the world. And all the forces of the world, the media, uh, social media, uh, our friends, our fears, our panics, our anxieties, all of these things will shape us instead of Jesus. Another thing to think about as part of the invitation. I believe that God wants to use the events of this year to grow Grantham Church. So not just you as an individual, but to grow our congregation. So what might God be wanting to do in the life of our church that he could do no other way? Well, you know, as I said before, it may be that God wants to refine us in some ways. I don't know what all that might mean, but there are other pastors and leaders around the country that are already thinking about that for their own congregations and for the church in America, that there's some refining that needs to be done, that in a way this is going to push us to be more missional and less attractional, more concerned and involved in the community than just being comfortable and maintaining the status quo. I hope that you'll pray about that. What God wants to do in you and what God wants to do at Grantham Church and what your part is in that. But what is God saying to you this morning and what will you do about it? I hope that you'll do something. I hope that you'll really give some thought to this. Take charge of your life. Take responsibility for your discipleship, for your spiritual growth, for your devotional life, for your, your, your relationships, for you know, cultivating community with others. Don't let any hurdles, don't let any obstacles stand in your way from growing as a disciple during this time. Lord, teach Grantham Church. Teach me. Teach all of those listening to this video what you want us to learn and who you want us to be as your church through this storm. Pray with me. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you've sent us Jesus who promises to never leave us nor forsake us, who is present with us, fully able to calm the storm. And in the meantime, fully able to calm our own hearts, to give us your peace. God, we want to be calm. We want to stay calm. We want to stay connected. And we want to stay the course. We want to be committed. We want to be all in. We want to grow. We want to learn. We want to be intentional about our faith this fall. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts and show us what that means as we continue to let you build a firm foundation in our lives that we might be everything 
that you've called us to be as flourishing human beings, as a church who is persevering and seeing your spirit do more than we can ever ask or imagine because of Christ Jesus. We welcome you, Lord. Do these things in our lives. For it's in Jesus' name we pray.